Welcome to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. This bi-weekly podcast is designed to be a safe space to admit what we truly believe in our hearts. We all know the difference between just having biblical knowledge floating around in our heads and actually believing that it's true. Until God's truth makes its way into our hearts, nothing changes. We'll be doing a mix of solo episodes and interviews with friends who have experienced the freedom that comes when head knowledge becomes heart knowledge. We'll talk about overcoming lies in our relationships, mental health struggles, and the way we see ourselves. The truth will set you free so that you can walk every day in the freedom God desires for you. It's time to let go of the pressures, insecurities, and burdens. That's not yours to carry. Thanks for joining us. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Head to Heart Podcast. Thank you for choosing this podcast to tune into today. I am just flattered really honestly flattered that you would choose this podcast to tune into. But you know me, it's your regular host, I'm Jenny, and I have a special guest that you guys probably already know of because this is her fourth episode, baby. Fourth episode! This is Anna Deloach. Say hi. Hello. Anna Beth Deloach, pardon me. (laughs) (laughs) But since Anna has been on so many episodes before congratulations on number four thank you (laughs) um we're going to just ask her a fun get to know you question because she has already been introduced over and over again i mean i can't expect you to repeat yourself a fourth time (laughs) so anna i just want to ask you quick question what is your favorite comfort food i think i have to go with homemade pizza like all the way love homemade pizza like the fluffy crust kind lots of carbs Mm. But I also like good chocolate, too. Oh, on your pizza? Just like, no. No, no, no. Just like a bar of chocolate. So when you, you say know? homemade pizza, do you mean like you make the dough, you make the yes. toppings, you make the cheese, everything? Yes. The cooking process is part of the comfort for me. Wow! <laughs> yeah, it's true. Every time you come over or every time I go over to your house, you always have a baked good. That is so true. Always. Or like right now. I'm literally <laughs> looking at your zucchini bread right now. <laughs> So, thank you for answering that question. I wasn't expecting that answer because I feel like you were going to say something that you really couldn't eat, like, at all. Really? Because of your food sensitivities. I thought you were going to say something that you're like, if I could have it, I would eat this all the time. Well, it would just make me depressed. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) But that kind of goes along with what we're going to be talking about today because we are covering the topic of body image today. So this actually has been brought up to us a lot. Um, We've gotten a lot of just suggestions like, how about you talk about eating disorders or body image or how to view food in a healthy way? And we were like, we want to just cover all of it, just literally all of it. And we're really excited about it. So Anna, why don't you tell us what have you been set free from? I have been set free from an eating disorder from like 10 years of struggling with it. And just a lot of self-hate, a lot of just negative thinking about myself and how I look. And, yeah. And what has your journey of learning to care for your body been like? It has been a very, very long journey. I grew up in a healthy, organic eating family. I wasn't able to, like, drink soda or anything like that. Like, it was very organic-based, lots of fruits and veggies, just super healthy all across the board. Even though I grew up in that, 
when I was around like 10 years old, I started having a lot of just self-hate, negative thoughts. I would look in the mirror, I would hate how my body looked. It was about the time where I started developing and changing. So I just, I really did not like how I looked. And because of that, I developed an eating disorder um, at a very, very young age. I was about 10 and it turned into anorexia and bulimia and that I struggled with that for many, many years. Uh, when I was about 14 or 15, a lot of life happened to me. And so I kind of swapped out addictions in a way and I started drinking really heavily and smoking. And so I was kind of in that stage from like middle school through high school and I still was not healthy. I was not eating very well, but I wasn't as focused on that as much. But after high school, I joined this program and part of this program I had to not drink or smoke or do drugs, nothing. Um, and so I kind of cut that off and I was doing really good. I was living pretty healthy for a while. And then about two months into that program, I relapsed and went right back into my eating disorder because I didn't have the other addiction to focus on. And so I started going back into mostly bulimia and just a lot of binge eating. And that lasted for years again. And so, you know, fast forward, I'm 20. I'm going to college now. I'm about a semester in and I realize how unhealthy I am. A lot of uh, a lot of food allergies started popping up to me. I learned that I was allergic to dairy and which I'll, I just want to say <laughs> is so surprising because she is from Wisconsin. I am. What? <laughs> That's the dairy also, land of the USA. <laughs> fun fact, I also hate cheese, always have. <laughs> so it wasn't like too bad for me. <laughs> okay, but, continue. <laughs> yeah, learned I was allergic to dairy and just started dealing with a lot of chronic pain in my stomach and my gut. And I started realizing like if I didn't make changes to my health and to the way I viewed myself, it was going to become a very big problem. And I was going down a very, very unhealthy path. And at this time, because I had some food allergies, I wasn't able to eat in our school cafeteria anymore like most of my friends. And I had to start making my own meals in our dorm kitchen. And I had this friend and she also had to do that. And I had kind of opened up to her a little bit about my struggle with eating disorders and she had also kind of struggled with that in her past. And so she really had an understanding and helped me through a lot. But one thing this friend did for me was before every single meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, before we would even walk down the stairs to our kitchen, she would stop with me and she would pray before we walked into the kitchen and she would just say this really short prayer with me. We would walk down, make our food, and then she would pray with me again before I ate it. You know, it was just a short prayer like, God, allow this food to nourish our bodies and not to harm it, but to give us energy for our day. You know, that was like the purpose. And that really helped me change my mindset and my view of food in general. Just repeating that, you know, three or four times a day every time before I ate food really like rewired my brain and my thinking towards food and towards my body. And so, you know, now I'm living free from an eating disorder, which is great. Hallelujah. Yes. Still, you know, figuring out a lot of things with my pain and digestion and stuff, but it has been a journey and I'm living so much healthier now and I love it. Wow. 
Yeah. I mean, just even looking back <laughs> at you from three years ago, I feel like it's a night and day difference. That's crazy. It's just <laughs> insane how yeah. we view food, how we consume food and why we consume food all those reasons have completely changed for you yeah so that's just amazing I feel like in that itself that can be an encouragement to anyone who's listening who has struggled with eating disorders from any side of the spectrum that if God can do it for Anna he can also do it for you yeah and that brings us to the question of why did God even create our bodies we sometimes look in the mirror and we're like I don't like this and I don't like that I don't like how my hair looks or my eyes or my weight or and we just don't even stop and think like why am I here why did God choose to create my body like this Mm. so what would you say why did he even create our bodies in the first place this question is actually something that I've been meditating on for like the last month I feel like God has just kind of brought up to me and worked through a lot with me recently and I feel like you could go a lot of different ways with it, but I think the first thing I want to emphasize and talk about is just positive body image in general, because I feel like a lot of people think having a positive body image is like loving every aspect of yourself, right? Like loving your hair, loving your eyes, loving, I don't know, your butt, like everything. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not necessarily true. Like that's great if you do. But ultimately, having a positive body image is really just about understanding and accepting that your body doesn't determine your worth and it doesn't determine your value. And if you understand and accept that, you have a positive view of your body. And so you don't have to love every aspect of yourself. Um, That will come with time, and that's great if you do. But just having that initial understanding that that's not the worth that you bring to the table. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, I also just think of women in general our bodies change so much over the course of our life. Like, especially if you have kids, Mm -hmm. your body is just constantly changing. And I feel like if there is ever a point in your life where you're like, I love how I look right now. Everything about me, I just, I just am a fan of it. I've never felt this good (laughs) about me. But even over the whole span of your life, your body will continue to look different and Mm -hmm. change even just with age. Yeah. And that is not a bad thing. So even what you said, like, just recognizing that your worth is not attached to how you look Mm -hmm. is huge because once you separate those two, you can give compassion and and grace to your body. It's like, yeah, this is life. And I'm going to change with time, especially if I have kids, especially when I get older. And especially as I move and I (laughs) I do different things, like, you're going to change. And that's a good thing. God created our bodies to change with time. What if we looked like this, literally in my 22-year-old body, (laughs) like this since I came from the womb until the day day that I die? What? Ouch, I feel bad for your mom. I know. (laughs) It wouldn't work out. No. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In Genesis, right, we go back to just the Bible and creation. God deemed his creation as fully good, right? And so that includes our bodies. So our bodies are wonderfully made. God created them and he deemed them as good but then in Genesis 3 the fall happened right and we're no longer able to be in God's presence without shame fully in God's presence and so with the fall and with sin entering the world um so did this like thought and belief that our bodies are now meant for something more than to glorify and worship God 
and that isn't true like our first and foremost um reason for being why God created us was to glorify God and so having that understanding as well that you don't have to have the belief that our bodies are meant to do so much more. Our bodies can do so much more. Like they are meant to, you know, withstand so much and work out and do all of that fun stuff. But, you know, our initial purpose is to glorify God. And so that's why God created us. And God created us as a whole too, right? We're holistically made. This is one of my favorite things is holistic health. And I love that God created us with so many different parts. You know, we have our mind, our soul, our body, and God created all of those, and we need to nurture all of those. We need to take care of every aspect of ourselves, because if we don't take care of one area, the other areas are going to suffer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you take care of your body with, you know, you're working out, you're eating well, taking showers, mm-hmm. you know, staying well-groomed, you know, your soul, spending time with God, you know, just taking care of all of the parts that God created. Mm-hmm. It's so. weird because our physical appearance is the only thing we technically see, Mm -hmm. but our insides, our soul, spirit, and mind are all on the inside. But Mm -hmm. those three things affect your physical appearance so much. Yeah. I mean, think about it. If you're not taking care of your mental health, Mm -hmm. you get acne, right? You're stressed out. Acne comes out. You never smile. You gain weight. Like, (laughs) things happen. So... You never smile. I like that. I mean, <laughs> you don't. If you are not taking care of your mental health, you know, you'll probably smile less than if <laughs> yes. you are taking care of your mental health. Seems pretty straightforward. <laughs> so let's say that there are people listening who just really are struggling in their mindset and what they see themselves as. When they look in the mirror, they just don't like it. How can we change our mindsets to actually believe what God says about us? I think the first like action that I take when I have those thoughts or those beliefs about myself is I will walk away from the mirror. That's something that I do like all the time. Mm-hmm. One time I was at church maybe a few months ago and I went to the bathroom and I looked in the mirror while I was washing my hands and I realized or I said to myself, oh, I hate how I look. And I started picking apart like my outfit. I was like, I don't like the color on my on my shirt today. I don't like how it looks. I don't like how my hair looks. And I stopped myself and I was like, I can't change this right now. I'm at church. Mm -hmm. I can't change my outfit. I can't go curl my hair differently. (laughs) Be right back at the end of service. (laughs) Right. Like, and I don't want to be sitting in church thinking about that rather than, you know, listening to the sermon and worshiping God. And so I was just like, okay, I need to walk away from the mirror like right now before I continue to pick things out about my appearance. And that's something that I still do. I actually look in the mirror very, very little because even when I'm just looking in the mirror to do my makeup and I'm just like staring at myself, I'm going to find flaws, Mm -hmm. you know? So I look in the mirror to do my hair and my makeup in the morning and maybe to check to make sure there's nothing crazy going on in the (laughs) middle of the day. But that's really about it. I don't spend a lot of time looking in the mirror because I know myself and I know that I will pick things apart. So that's the first thing that I highly, highly suggest. That's a good point because if you think about it, you're looking in the mirror, you're looking at your physical appearance, but it's not your physical appearance that has the issue. It's your thoughts about your physical appearance that are having the issue. So 
looking at yourself and trying to fix what's on the outside isn't necessarily going to fix your thoughts about the outside. Mm-hmm. So stepping away from the mirror is like, okay, let me focus on what actually is affecting me, a.k.a. my thoughts, yeah. my thought life. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. That's good. Good job, Anna. Good job, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, another thing that you can do is just to remind yourself that you are God's creation and God poured his love and his creation into you. And one thing I do is I think of one of the most beautiful and like awestruck things about God's creation and so for me, that is the night sky. The stars are just absolutely beautiful to me. And the ocean. The ocean is so vast and deep. And so much of God's creation is in that. And I think about how just beautiful it is. And when I meditate on it, I'm just like left in awe. Mm-hmm. And I just remind myself, if I look at that with so much just like awe and there's just so much beauty in it, how does God look at me? Because God created me in his image and God looks at me in so much awe and just delight and he loves me so much. And so that just in itself almost just kind of boosts my self-esteem in a way. Mm -hmm. Like, no, like God is just like delighted in me Mm -hmm. and in how I look and who I am. And so that really changes my mindset to meditate on that regularly. Wow. Yeah. Have you seen this movie? I just thought about this. <laughs> There's a movie called I Feel Pretty, and it's with Amy That's like an Schumer? 80s movie, isn't it? No. Oh. That's Pretty in Pink. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> or Pretty Pretty Woman. Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, There's a movie, I think it came out in like 2015. It's called I Feel Pretty. It is with... Wait, is this the Adam Sandler movie? No, okay. it's not Adam Sandler. It's with a blonde girl. She's a comedian. Amy Schumer? I know the name. I don't know if that's her name, but if it, I'll look it up later. Okay. If that is not her name, I'll edit that out. Okay. If it is her name, I'll keep it. (laughs) But in this movie, I am not recommending that people go watch it. I don't remember if there's anything dirty in it. Eh, At your own risk. Anyway, (laughs) the premise of the movie is that this girl... She she doesn't like how she looks. She doesn't like how her life's going, but it's mostly based on her own insecurities of herself. She mm-hmm. doesn't like she doesn't go out and date people. She doesn't uh go and ask for promotions at work. She just feels very insecure and not very confident in herself. And then she gets a concussion. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and the concussion, that's why this movie is really funny, is the concussion changes her thoughts about how she sees herself. Wow. It, Nothing about her actual appearance changed. It's just her thoughts about how she looks. Suddenly, she thinks she is the hottest girl on the street. <laughs> she starts dressing like how she likes and how it like shows off her figure. She goes into work. She asks for a promotion and gets it. She starts oh. dating this guy. Like Her whole life changes only because of her thoughts about herself starting mm. to change. I love that. I just remembered. I watched that wow. movie when it first came out. Good times. Good times. <laughs> but that's just true. Like, it's not in how you look. It's how you think about how you look. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Definitely. And the last part I think that is also super important to change your mindset is to understand all that your body does for you. And so do a little research on what your body does. Like, learn a little bit about it. You don't have to be obsessed with it. Like, I... I love learning about my body, um, 
but just even knowing a few things about how much your body does your body works so hard Mm -hmm. day and night it never stops working for you and it's hard to like hate something that works so hard (laughs) yeah and serves you so well yeah so learn a little bit about yourself learn how your body works and that'll have that'll give you a little bit more appreciation for your body and a little bit more grace for yourself as Mm -hmm. well yeah you can be like, thank you, body. Yes. Thank you, legs, <laughs> You're doing for so walking well. me to the supermarket today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Anna, I am so excited about this next question. Oh, I'm so excited about your thoughts. I'm just pumped. <laughs> it's a okay. three-parter. Okay, Ooh. there are three parts to this question. Exciting. What are your thoughts on diets, detoxes, and fasting? You can start Ooh. with diets. Go ahead. Okay. Um, first of all, diets. I really don't like them. I hate them, actually. (laughs) Diets, just throw them out the window. It is not a diet. It is a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. If you choose you want to live a certain way, like, that's going to be your life. Don't just be like, oh, I want to do this for a month. I think certain diets can be good if they're recommended by your doctor. By your doctor. (laughs) I don't think doing keto and then, what are other diets that are Uh, out Whole30. Whole30, keto, like, jumping back and forth and doing all these diets, saying, oh, I'm going to be vegan this month. Oh, I'm going to be pescatarian and then I'm gonna do mm-hmm. keto again for like, a month for six weeks right for six months ultimately you're really actually just messing your body up <laughs> <laughs> like to be blunt mm-hmm. because you're withholding all of these foods and these things and your body's used to not eating them and then you're gonna reintroduce them into your diet and it's mm-hmm. gonna hurt your body that's how you're gonna build intolerances you're not gonna actually be able to eat dairy again you're mm-hmm. not gonna be able to eat gluten without being in pain mm-hmm. so do yourself a favor just make it a lifestyle. You want to eat healthy. You don't have to put yourself in a box and say, oh, I'm going to be gluten-free. But just live a healthy lifestyle, what's great for you, and you don't have to continue to jump around diet to diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's my rant. Good thought. <laughs> okay, what about detoxes? So detoxing, I don't think is bad. I've been on a few detoxes that have been recommended by my doctor. By her doctor. Yes, that is the key. (laughs) I have gone to the doctor. They said, I need you to be on this detox for your health because it has gotten to the point where my body cannot detox for me. Mm -hmm. So I have to force a detox. Your kidney, your liver, those things detox your body for you. Naturally. Naturally. Your body, like I said, your body does so much for you. You don't have to force it unless medically reason medical reasons tell you different Mm -hmm. a lot of like the supplements and the big things especially that are out right now you know it's a new year people are making new year's resolutions they're like oh i'm gonna do all these detoxes and diets and i'm not here criticizing it and i'm not saying that that's bad i think that that's a great motivation and you're headed down the right path but a lot of these supplements and huge companies they're just trying to take your money and a lot of these supplements are just laxatives and they're just going to make you go to the bathroom a lot. You're just going to be pooping like yes, all the time. All the time. And you know, doing um like juice detoxes and tea detoxes, those are those are great. That's actually what my doctor recommended. And I did have to take a supplement with it, but those things they bring nutrients into your body and help flush out and clean out your liver and your kidneys so they can better do their job. So you're almost detoxing the detox Earth. parts. Yes, detox herb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you don't have to take all these supplements. They're really not going to do much for you. Maybe for a week or so you'll feel a little less bloated, but mm. 
Yeah. That's just because you'll be pooping all the time. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you for sharing those thoughts. You're welcome. <laughs> now, what about fasting? What is fasting? And should we do it? Is it important? Fasting is it's really just withholding food for a period of time. You can do it for religious aspects. A lot of people do it. Some people do it for like health reasons. Some people have to do it for medical health reasons. Like mm-hmm. you have to fast before a procedure, things like that. I don't think fasting is wrong. I don't think it's bad. Specifically, like I'll talk about like religious fasting. But one time I was part of this group and we did this group prayer for I think it was like a 24-hour thing like two days and we were group fasting for one of the days and we weren't going to eat any food for the whole day and this was right as I was coming out of my eating disorder I think it was a few months into where I was really starting to get really healthy and the thought of withholding food from myself was honestly terrifying for me I was like if I withhold this food am I going to start eating again and it was a real like problem and I felt a lot of pressure to a lot of pressure to do it because I was judged a lot by other people in it like oh you're going to eat so you're not depending on God to get you through the day because when you fast for religious reasons you're replacing that time that you would eat with prayer Mm -hmm. and you're asking God to like you know get you through it and you're using that hunger as motivation And it just really wasn't something that I could physically or mentally do in that time. And so I chose to eat and I still prayed. I still, you know, took part in it all. But physically and mentally, I could not do it. And so I chose not to. And so fasting for religious purposes is not bad as long as you can physically and mentally handle it. If you can't, there's no shame around it. And don't feel like you're a terrible Christian because you can't fast for a day you know you can Mm -hmm. fast other things you can fast your social media you can fast tv you can fast something else and Mm -hmm. replace that time with um your prayer time Mm -hmm. but yeah and when jesus talks about fasting i believe it's in matthew 6 um he does say like when you fast do it with the door closed when you Mm -hmm. fast make sure it's not for other people but between you and god and so it is expected that we will fast and just take away that distraction of food during a mealtime to spend time with the Lord. That is expected, and it's up to you how how often you feel like the Lord is asking you to do that. And if it is going to mess you up or change your view of food in a negative way, that is not healthy. Right, and God doesn't want you to do that. He's not yeah. going to ask you to do that if that's mm-hmm. going to be harmful for you. Yes, there are other ways, different time frames. I mean, you can change it to... It's just between you and God. So you're mm-hmm. not doing this for someone else and how they can look at you and how they can perceive you. But it's just between you and him. So whatever you think is going to be beneficial to your relationship with him and your prayer life. Yeah. So, Anna, you said as part of your journey of learning to care for your body that you have been in some pain, possibly chronic pain, in your gut for a while. And... I know a lot of people do have digestive issues or allergies, sensitivities, et cetera, et cetera, but some of it can result in chronic pain. So how do you cope with chronic pain in your life? I do a lot of things to help with my pain because a lot of the pain that I experience is, like you said, it's in my gut, it's in my stomach. Um, It's 
like I said, like I'm still in the process of learning what it is, but from my understanding and from the doctor's appointments that I have been at, it is from and caused by food. And so a lot of things that I do to help cope with it is I use a heating pad. I use heating pads like crazy. I sleep with it. I use it when I'm just sitting around. Like that thing is my lifesaver. I sleep a lot because your body does a lot for you while you're asleep. It's when a lot of your digestion digestion happens, a lot of your healing, all of that. So I get plenty of sleep and I drink a lot, a lot of liquids. Another thing I do is when I'm in a lot of pain, a lot of times I can't eat a lot. My stomach can't handle it. It makes me super sick. I get super nauseous. And so I don't force myself to eat. And a lot of people tell me like, oh, well, you, you better be eating like you're sick. So you better keep like eating soup and eat your vegetables and things like this. And people don't get that. Like sometimes your body just can't handle it. Like I could have a sip of broth and I could be sick. And so if you're feeling that pain and you're really sick like that, one, go to the doctor. Um, please go to the doctor before you do this, but don't force yourself to eat if you can't. Like, that is okay. Even eating, like, vegetables and salads and stuff, sometimes your body still can't handle it, even if it's healthy, and that's okay. Drink a lot of smoothies, drink a lot of juices, and keep your body, um, nourished in that way, but you don't have to force yourself to eat even healthy food. And then I also, I don't drink any coffee or alcohol, in those times and I won't drink any coffee or alcohol for a couple weeks afterwards too to really make sure that I've healed and I'm okay after that. Believe me, I love being organized just as much as the next person, but I have found a pattern in my life when I try to use a basic planner. It goes like this. I'm going strong, writing down what I need to do until Thanksgiving comes around. And then I forget the planner exists until the new year. In January, I'm committed and excited to get organized, but once March hits, I can't even find the thing anymore. Have you ever experienced this? Do you ever feel like you want to get organized but just don't have the time to? Let me tell you about Life in Order. Life in Order is a business that makes 100% customized bullet journals to help set you up to thrive in your goals, business, relationships, and personal growth. My bullet journal has been a game changer for me. And the best part about it was that it was already set up for what I personally needed in my life. Now I can keep track of how much water I drink and how often I'm journaling. I also requested to put a page in there specifically dedicated to honeybees because who doesn't need more honeybees in their life? You can find Life in Order's products on Etsy.com today to get your own bullet journal set up for your unique lifestyle. You can also use the code Jenny15, that's J-E-N-N-Y-1-5, to get 15% off your personalized journal today. So I highly encourage you, take initiative to order one and your future self will personally come back to you of today and thank you. So we also know, thanks to all the new tests we have and all the new science there is about our bodies and mental health, praise God for those things, that our mental health is actually super connected with our physical health. So 
Anna, as a health junkie, you are. <laughs> you've done so much research about it. Mm-hmm. You've been in the books yes. <laughs> and in the podcasts, <laughs> and you've been studying for yourself. So what have you learned about that connection? Yeah, one of my favorite resources that I love to listen to, I love to read, is from Dr. Caroline Leaf. Shout out! Yes. (laughs) Love you, Caroline. (laughs) She is amazing. She has a great podcast, and my favorite book that I recently have read by her is Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, and it talks a lot about your brain and specifically your gut connection because, um, you know, when you're stressed out a lot, it mostly shows up, you see it most when you're stressed. When you're stressed out, your gut suffers majorly like you see it you feel anxious you feel sick your stomach feels like tight (laughs) yeah like it's connected one of the fun facts that I learned in this book is that your dopamine and your serotonin levels and a lot of people think that they're produced and they flow from your brain but I think don't quote me on the exact percentage but only about like 20% is produced in your brain the rest are actually in your gut and so those are triggered when you eat good foods, when you exercise, and they're produced in your gut and they are released when you drink kombucha. Yes! When you have good veggies and things like that. And so if you're really feeling down and you're, I don't know, super depressed and sad Mm -hmm. and anxious, go eat some vegetables. (laughs) Go eat some leafy greens. Take care of yourself. Yeah, go exercise for 30 minutes. 30 minutes go for a walk stretch a little bit that's going to produce those chemicals that are feel-good chemicals in your body and you're actually going to have a boost and a better day Mm -hmm. that is so cool how are they all connected so let's say we're talking with someone who does not view food in a healthy way how could we begin to change our view of food and let's say someone has an eating disorder How could they begin to give that over to God so that he could change their mindset? Yeah, that's a great question. One way that, so taking it back to when I was in my dorm kitchen and my friend was praying with me, uh, the basis of our prayer was really to change our mindset of food. And so I changed my mindset of food being, you know, quote unquote, comfort food or, you know, just tasting really great, which I still, I love, I love food. But (laughs) I change it from that to having a mindset that the food that I'm eating is fueling my body. So food is fuel and it's there to give me energy. It's there to get me through my day, to make me feel good. And it's not necessarily just there for me to consume and it's not going to just, you know, put on the pounds and I don't view it in that way anymore. And so giving my eating disorder over to God was a very, very long process and It was me learning to let God be in control of my health and of my body rather than me. I can't always control how my body is going to work. I can't always control sickness that's going to come. So giving that over to God really helped, but it was a very long process. And so one process that I love that I learned through my church is called Notice Name Nurture. And so... Through this process of giving my eating disorder to God, I noticed that I had a problem and I named it out loud. I said, yes, I have an eating disorder and this is a problem in my life and I need to change it. I also named it to friends. I brought other people into it. And so I didn't keep it a secret. I wasn't 
holding a lot of shame around it because once I spoke it out loud and once I spoke it to one friend, a little bit of that shame came off and it became a little bit easier. And, you know, having people in on it, people were able to also watch me and call me out in times and check in on me. And so, you know, noticing it and naming it with yourself, with other people and with God. Um, the last part was the nurture process. And that's the one that takes the longest generally, if it's a big problem, like an eating disorder. And so I, the nurture began when I invited God and other people into my addiction. And I began to open my heart up to God for healing and really just gave it over to him. What is that called that Dr. Dudek used the like relaxed oh, the grasp. sanctity of the relaxed yes, grasp. <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> and so I, I always like vision myself holding it in my hands, open to God with my palms wide open and just not holding on to it anymore. So I wasn't holding on to my health. I wasn't holding on to the beliefs that I had about food or even labeling myself as having an eating disorder was actually just crippling in itself. And so I gave that over to God and just allowed him to take it from me and to form it into something new and give it back to me in a healthy way. And to now take me down this new path of learning about health and learning about my body. And yeah. If you want to learn more about the sanctity of the relaxed grasp, it's the first episode <laughs> of season two with Liz Dorsch. Okay. So good. We just had a professor who would t- talk all about that, and mm-hmm. it was so good. It doesn't just apply for our eating disorders. It applies for everything in our lives, just holding it with open hands. Yeah. Anna, thank you so much for all your wisdom and just telling us about your experience and how the Lord has set you free. Are there any last pieces of advice or encouragement that you would give people listening to this episode? Yeah, I think the biggest thing you can do is to bring people into your eating disorder, your pain, your health journey, whatever it is, and to be open about it. Don't hold it to yourself. The people around you actually really care a lot for you and they'll do a lot for you too. Like I'm going to call out Jenny here because one time I had to go all the way back to Wisconsin, my hometown, three and a half hours away for a doctor's appointment. And Jenny drove there with me that was the most fun road trip ever (laughs) (laughs) well she loves wisconsin so i I think that was like a big part of it (laughs) but jenny just was super glad to come with me and i remember driving back and i started experiencing a lot of stomach pain driving back and she just sat with me and it was actually really nice to not be in it by myself oh yeah i remember you just all of a sudden got very very quiet (laughs) and you were driving and i thought like oh she's really quiet And I thought, oh, she's probably in pain. And I said, are you in pain? You said, yep. (laughs) And so we just sat there and jammed to music. Yeah. 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 And so it really does help to have even just like a couple people around you that can, that are willing to sit with you in it, even if you're not able to do anything. It's nice to have that community around Mm -hmm. you and support. Yes. That's so encouraging. Thank you, Anna, for sharing all this. Thank you for just, just being an open book and being willing to share this freedom with others. I really think that freedom is contagious. Once you tell your story of freedom, it can help others experience that same thing. So we just thank you all listeners for listening to this episode. Anna is on three other episodes. She is on the episode about rest. She is on the fatherhood of God part two, and she's on our bonus episode 
home for the holidays. So go ahead and listen to all of those because you'll get more and more of her sweet voice. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Signing off. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Head to Heart Podcast. It's a joy to record them and a joy to have you listen. If you have any topics in mind you'd like us to cover, go ahead and send us a message on Instagram. The handle is headtoheart underscore podcast. Make sure you subscribe as a way of making sure you never miss an episode. And if you would be so kind, go ahead and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps out the show so much when you do. We'll be releasing episodes to you every other Friday, so stay tuned and thanks for joining us. Thank you.